This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Here is Libby Snymer. Good afternoon and welcome to this free-for-all Friday. And there is a lot to talk about, as there always is. But uh, the police and various forces have started to clear the area in Ottawa. They're making arrests. They're towing vehicles. And as you just heard in Bob's news, there are some very, very... um, I don't know what the right word is, disappointing uh, reactions from some of the protesters. They're threatening tow truck drivers. Uh, They are uh, apparently thinking of flooding the 911 system. Uh, That could kill people. As a matter of fact, it could kill people who were involved in the protest. Uh, So it sounds pretty unsavory. In the meantime, There are court challenges to the Emergencies Act, uh, people saying and legal authorities saying it was overreach and also that it wasn't necessary. Now, I know that one of the things that it did enable is that it it compels tow truck drivers to cooperate when they are asked to tow trucks out of the way. And another disturbing thing that I heard uh, uh, is that Tow truck drivers are wearing full face coverings, you know, like balaclavas, as though they were going to rob a 7-Eleven. Uh, though balaclavas actually are in style this year, that's a, an aside, but they're wearing, they're covering their faces so their faces are not seen by the protesters. Uh, so what do you think um, that latest Maru poll, which shows that Canadians are fed up and are really shaken in their faith in government because of all this, in their faith in uh, the ability of authorities to keep order and fear for the future of the country. I think fearing for the future of the country because of this is perhaps a little overblown, but I can see why people are upset. Uh, so uh, that's the main newsy thing, but there are other things too. Well, restrictions in restaurants, for instance, were eased as of yesterday. So are you thinking of going to a restaurant that will be at full capacity and taking off your mask as you eat? And that's another thing about these protests. Not for a minute do I believe that it's about mask mandates or just about mask mandates because they were starting to come off before this thing started. And this is happening in real time now. So I want to know, are you ready for that? You know, uh, or are you feeling a little cautious after all this. And, uh, you know, we've been hearing from friends and colleagues, this weekend is family day. And some people are really looking forward to hugging their children or their grandchildren 
that they haven't hugged in months or seen in months. So I'd like to hear from you if you have something special planned, if you're going to see and hug family. And it's been a while. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-744-740. I'm going to start with Ron in Guelph, and he's got a different topic about a school shooting, another very disturbing thing. Hi, Ron. Thanks for taking my call, Libby. Um, um, listen, just be- before I get to that topic, can I make one quick comment about the tow truck drivers in Ottawa? Sure. Okay, there's a couple of easy answers to that. The same thing they did down at the Ambassador Bridge. If these um, uh, tow truck drivers in the Ottawa area are feeling threatened, well, they can bring in tow truck drivers from Quebec. All right. These guys are nearly none of them are from Quebec. They're either from Western Canada or from Ontario. The other answer is so they could bring in tow truck drivers from other areas. Um, see, as they've called the War Measures Act, there's nothing stopping them from bringing the heavy tows in. And there's lots of them from the uh, army bases, from the military. That would solve the problem, too, wouldn't it? Um, I don't know. But uh, thanks for pointing that out, uh, okay. Ron. <laughs> All right. My, my main topic is about the school shooting. I grew up in that neighborhood, probably a kilometer away from where this took place. So uh, I have some, I don't know what you call skin in the game, I guess, but I did some research the other night, some reading, and this goes back, to my feeling anyway, to the TDSB voted to pull the uh, school resource officers from the high schools in November of 17. Even though uh, 57% of students supported the program, while only 10% didn't. This was the, um, I guess the, I don't know, the, the leftist side of the TDSB that pulled the school resources officers out. And it was launched in 2008 after Jordan Manners was killed in a high school. Well, and, yeah, there's so, uh, yeah, I get your point and, uh, probably a lot of people agree with you. I don't know if that particular thing would have prevented it, but yeah, a lot of people well, thought the, the police officers, in the schools were a good thing and were, should not have been pulled. And I wonder if that comes up again in the public debate, because, you know, Ron, thanks for bringing it up. I haven't heard anything about that since this school shooting. Thank you, Ron, for your call. Let's go to Daryl in Toronto. Hi, Daryl. Hi, Libby. Um, my main question today is, if a member of parliament has donated to the convoy through the GoFunding or, you know, whatever methods they had, are they required to recuse themselves from voting on the Emergency Measures Act? Uh, n- not that I know of. I don't know. I mean, the, we know that um, a staffer in the office of the Attorney General of all things, not the Attorney General, sorry, in Sylvia Jones' office, um, the Solicitor General. So her director of communications was outed as having donated to the convoy, 100 bucks, and was fired because of it. So uh, there's a whole other issue. I mean, you know, that's private information. It was outed in a hack, but there were people who hacked. It was... uh, I'm not sure if it was GoFundMe or Give, Serve, Go. I think it was the latter, but uh, it was found that she donated money to it and she was fired. I don't know that there's any specific rule, and I don't know if anyone knows 
if any members of parliament donated to the cause. Um, I think they usually expect people to donate to them, (laughs) actually, so... Well, but uh, let's put it this way. Um, you know, if, if they had, would they not have to recuse themselves from voting against it or voting on the, the, the measure itself? I, I don't know. Is of interest because that the measure itself oh. will enable it to be revealed as to who's donated. Uh, okay. Sorry. I just, I just spilled hot water over my keyboard. If you heard me. <laughs> Okay, Yelping. Uh, but uh, we continue on here. And uh, the answer to your question is, I don't know. Next time we talk to uh, a lawyer or a parliamentary expert, I will certainly ask. Okay, one last comment. I'll, I think it's kind of amusing. You know, you're mentioning that the, the tow truck drivers uh, feel intimidated and all that. And I mean, it's just the same tow truck industry that's firebombing each other all the time in Ontario? Uh, I I can't answer that either. Daryl, thanks for your call. Okay, let us go to Richard in South York. South York? Hi, Richard. Hello, Libby. Greetings. Greetings. Go ahead. You're on the air. Well, actually, um, just commenting on on the uh, school shootings, I, 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 I do want to talk about the toilet truck thing. I, I was a trained police officer, state of Illinois, plus a high school teacher. So um, I taught science. And these kids that are are being are doing the shooting. A lot of these are I don't know if it's gangbangers related, but they they give guns to these kids that are sixteen, seventeen, and say, "Okay, go in there and do this," and then get away because they're underage. Exactly. It's, yes, it's terrible. It's it's it, it, it's it's too bad. But anyway, um, the other thing is that this uh, orchestrated Occupy of Canada has taken Canada by the jugular. And the United States essentially is cut off right there. You look at what happened to uh, big industries, the auto industry, and who's the money behind this? Who's, who's making this possible? I mean, the fund me, the GoFundMe is millions of dollars that are being funded for these people to just sit there and cause trouble and chaos, it's, it's pathetic. Well, I think no one kind of expected anything like this to happen here. And, well, now it's happened here. And hopefully it'll be over by the end of the weekend. But who knows and, and who knows how it will end. That is also a potential problem. Thank you, Richard, for your calls. Let me give the numbers out again. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And uh, let's go to Simone in Parkdale. Hi, Simone. Hi there. Yes, I just want to mention again about the uh, convoy also. I think now it's become more of a power trip. And uh, to say who's you know who uh, we, uh, you know to see who's going to win, and that I think um, uh, look at that Doug Ford he uh, cleared the Ambassador Bridge, and why can't Trudeau do the same without the Emergencies Act? I, I think he brought in the, he was actually um, taking his time as an excuse to use the Emergencies Act, as I've mentioned before in the program that he's done a lot of things to endanger his father. 
And I think that's what he wanted to do. And I think, uh, like they say, he might take a walk in the snow someday. That will be it, too. He'll have to wait for a snowstorm when he quits and, uh, you know, walk away. Okay. I, I, <laughs> I think it's a bit much to say that he, he waited. He certainly waited, but I don't think it was because he thought of uh, enacting the Emergencies Act. I think it, perhaps he waited because he didn't really want to do that. Well, there are experts who have said that he didn't need, it's not necessary. Uh, well, there exactly, are a lot of yeah. But, without that. There is a big problem there with yeah. enforcement. Yeah, and, so I, I don't trust him. I, I think that uh, it, yeah. he does a lot of underhanded things, and I, I think that's why, personally, I think that's why he waited to imitate his father. Okay, thank, thank you, you, Simone, for that. Yeah. Okay, I'll tell you on this one, there's plenty of blame to go around. I will say that much. Let's go to Al in Etobicoke. Yes, thank you very much for having me on your radio station. It's a subject that can't be covered in a, a second or two. I served 35 years in, in service of this country, and I have a, a, a declaration to prove it with a bar or so. I fear for this country. I fear for what's going on, and I fear for the level of uh, disinformation that's gone on not only from the media, but from our elected leaders. And... No matter how you look at it, this emergency legislation he's bringing through was a direct result of his failure, his failure to recognize the fact that this wasn't just the truckers' movement. All those people that stood alongside the highway in sub-zero temperatures and along the high and on the bridges, they weren't truckers. They were Canadians that were upset at what was going on. And the truckers, by the way, it was their livelihood that his mandates were affecting. Uh, well, that may be, but I don't see how uh, occupying a city and preventing people from pursuing their lives and their livelihoods and really messing with their heads with 24-hour-a-day horns, I don't see how that is the solution. But um, hey, I, I hear you. You think what they're doing is a good thing. Uh, thanks for your call just just remember the lockdowns just re- yeah lockdowns, lockdowns. Uh, you talk about our lives being affected and people being inconvenienced look at what they did with the lockdowns okay. and the mandates uh yeah and um, the canadian bill of rights by the way which is supposed to protect us from government overreach is turning out to being a paper target how does how does that translate in our in our democracy that you have a bill of rights that can be warped and uh, and uh, ignored at the whim of some politician. Well, yeah, we'll see how that goes. There are court challenges to the Emergencies Act and the lockdowns. You know, if you look at our death toll, it is proportionately a lot less than what we saw in other countries where things were a lot more lax. This is a, you know, once in a lifetime pandemic. I'm looking at the time. It's time for my first break. Let me give the numbers out before we go to break. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740, and we'll be back after the break. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 
Fight back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this Free For All Friday. And uh, everybody's talking about the state of emergency, the siege of Ottawa, the convoy, the protests. Now police are clearing it. And I'm going to go to Sean in Guelph, who says he was at the Ottawa protest. Hi there, Sean. Hi, Libby. Oh, Thanks for taking my call. Okay, so you were there. When were you there? Yes, I was there last weekend. Uh-huh. In, in a truck or... Uh, nope, nope. I, I drove down with a friend of mine and we parked just outside of the convoy and we walked in. Uh-huh. And yeah, and I'm going to tell you, Trudeau is, is overreacting because what's happened is, unfortunately, we've sent a child in to do an adult's job. Okay. okay. We've got an insolent child right now who's pouting because he didn't get his way. He's never once stopped and talked to any of the truckers or the protesters, and if he's calling it an insurrection, mothers pushing baby carriages with Canadian flags on them, old folks wrapped up in blankets in their wheelchairs being pushed around with signs saying, stop the mandate, okay? And and just average people like me, a grandmother, I'm a grandmother. My grandparents fought in World War II for my freedoms, and I will fight for my grandchildren's freedoms. Trudeau is becoming a dictator. He now has the right to go into your bank account and, and seize your money. All of that is, uh, there. there is legal action against that. Uh, it doesn't sound like it. they can go into your bank account. There has to be uh, certain thresholds met. But uh, yeah, I, I, I hear you. I get where you're coming from. I disagree with you. And, you know, for all the people, nice people like you, uh, there are some pretty disturbing things happening there and, and some pretty unsavory characters as well. But Sean, thank you for sharing your experience and also good for you that you left on time because I think the people that are staying now, it's not going to be a good thing. Um, let us go to Dolores in Little Britain. Hi, Dolores. Hi, uh, Libby. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. But I'm very concerned about this uh, situation in Ottawa. Um, there are so many facets to this convoy, so-called, that um, you can't possibly talk all, about all of them. But one aspect I would like to see your re- uh, listeners discuss is the... Um, defense of this country if they ever needed to do that, because it seems to me that the um, main ag- agitators of this convoy have a lot of uh, influence put on them by some some of their own from the United States, and it wouldn't be hard to come through our borders and then organize over here. So I just don't know what we would do under those circumstances, seeing as how this one was so disorganized. Uh, I'm talking about the defense of the city of Ottawa. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, I I would agree with that. And it just wasn't enforced. And everybody's pointing the fingers. They said they didn't get the reinforcements that were promised from the province. Uh, But it it was very disturbing. And, and, you know, the, the story that really, really 
it went viral and it, it caught my eye was, so there were cops standing around and not so much as giving a ticket to these big rigs that were blocking everything, but a woman who went to the hospital and I guess stayed a little too late, she got a ticket. I mean, it's just beyond bizarre. Dolores, thanks for your call. Let us go to Brian and Mimico. Hi, Brian. Hi, Libby. Now, I'd like to ask the actor playing the role of prime minister, why is it that the Ontario government's declaration of a state emergency of emergency wasn't uh, used to clear these people out? He had to go out and go overboard with his declaration on a federal level. What was wrong with the Ontario state of emergency? Well, that's that's a good question. Uh, I, th- I think it comes down personally, my opinion, and uh, I'm not a, an expert in security. I think it comes down to a lack of enforcement by the local authorities in Ottawa. But uh, yeah, it worked. Doug Ford's state of emergency worked to clear the Ambassador Bridge. Yeah, they could have used it in Ottawa, but of course, the ego, people were after him, so he has to look like a big, tough guy. Well, I think it's more complicated in in Ottawa because they have all these different jurisdictions and because you had a police chief and a mayor who who wouldn't do anything. Well, the last time I checked, regardless of what Pierre Trudeau tried to do, making the capital, the Ottawa, whole Quebec capital region, the capital is still in Ottawa, Ontario, and that's where these demonstrations are going on. Yeah. Another farce from the actor. Okay, Brian, uh, I think I know what you're getting at. Okay, let me give the numbers out again. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Everybody wants to talk about the truckers and the convoy, which is uh, being cleared as we speak. The police are out arresting people. Let's hope all of that goes well without violence. Uh, But there are other things to talk about today. Has anybody been to uh, a restaurant since yesterday at full capacity? Are you going this weekend? Are you nervous about it? What do you think? Uh, You know, we for me, I think I'm going to have to get used to some of these things. You know, soon we're going to see the end of vaccine passports and mask mandates. So I have to say, I'm a little hesitant about some of it. I know that a lot of other people are because we had calls to that effect. A lot of other people can't wait. Like the truckers there protesting and all the people that are with them. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And let us go to Pat in Etobicoke. Hi, Pat. Hi. Now, I have to explain this. It's tongue-in-cheek, which means it's going to be just humorous. I really don't... In- Okay, I suggest that some of the uh, the yachts, uh, not the yachts, but the cruise ships, they put the people on that have tested positive but are not really needing to be hospitalized on the cruise ships, and they have to stay on the ship 
for the length of time until they're not um, in, in, given the infection to other people. Okay, Pat. Pat, this is going in a very strange direction. I don't know. No, I don't think we want to take people and put them, force them to go on a cruise ship. Yeah, Pat. You know, just in Ontario. Hey, in Ontario, it's a little cold for a cruise ship. Uh, Pat, <laughs> I don't know. We're talking about civil liberties and civil rights and saying, take these people and force them on a cruise ship. And it, it, it's not, I don't know, uh, test the joke on someone in your family maybe first. I don't know about that one. Though uh, we appreciate a, an attempt at humor. Sure. Why not? Let's go to Tom in Simcoe County. Hello, Tom. Hi, Libby. Thanks for taking my call. I'm a fairly frequent listener, but a first-time caller. Oh, wait a minute. The bell. Welcome. Thank you for calling. The bell. Yes, we welcome our first-time callers with a bell, an old-fashioned bell. I see. Okay. I thought you were talking about the phone company. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Okay. I I thought it would be remiss of me if I didn't uh, share what uh, my opinion and that is uh, that I looked up the criminal code for aiding and abetting uh, terrorist organizations. And uh, this article, 83.19, says you can get up to 14 years. Now, in my humble opinion, there are three conservative MPs that at least should qualify for a little tay-to-tate with a judge, and that is the former leader, Andrew Scheer, the current leader, uh, uh, Candace Bergen, and the wannabe leader, uh, Pierre Polyev. Okay, but what organization there, it would have to be something that's officially declared a terrorist terrorist organization. This is a terrorist group that has taken over Ottawa. Uh, there are people who believe that, but uh, that hasn't been officially designated. But it is now, I think, with the Emergencies Act, it, 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 you can't help a, a criminal enterprise or whatever right. they want to call it. So uh, I I get where you're coming from, uh, mm-hmm. that you're not happy with uh, their support of the truckers, though uh, they did have a little bit of a conversion and finally said... They should go home now. The blockades aren't really good. It's uh, only about three weeks too late. Uh, Yeah, a a lot of this is three weeks too late on all sides, I have to say that. Tom, thanks for your call. Appreciate the first-time call. Okay, Darren in Toronto. Hi, Darren. Hello. I uh, was uh, just want people to think uh, a little bit outside the box. It is yeah, it's good the trucks are breaking up, and regardless of either side, people should think of this moment and these people as agents of change, because ultimately we're going to have to come out of this and then reassess what's been done, what money's been spent, and what our quality of leadership's been through it. So to be quite honest, um, I don't know, you know whether blocking the bridge in Detroit was great and it's time to break up in Ottawa, but beyond, to be honest... There has to be some point where we start reviewing what's happened. And I can just say this about my aunt. And no one's asked older people. My father's, I'm on his way to see him. He's had a stroke in Midland and uh, I'm inside the hospital. He's there. Sorry to hear. Our health services are underfunded. 
And that's the real problem. It was underfunded before by every single government. My father now is going to, I got to go up there now to fight for him and advocate so he can go through rehab. Good for My you. aunt last week stopped eating because she basically couldn't stand another lockdown, in my opinion, and she died. So the thing is, a lot Sorry of people to hear don't talk to older people and get their opinions. And this is an agents of change are going to put the magnifying glass on leadership. Why do you think they got rid of O'Toole? He's no good. Well, Trudeau's no good either. These guys, we need better people. People, you know, Canadians, where we're united, like Joel says. That's my thing. Okay, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> and we do need good people who are willing to run for office and get something done. And, you know, I'm sorry uh, to hear about what happened to your family members. Good for you for going to see your dad. And we know this. We know that older people stuck in long-term care in isolation that it hastened the death for many of them, that, that this is, it's just as bad as a disease. And in the guidelines for reforming long-term care, if they ever come to pass, one of the big suggestions is, hey, this isn't prison. This is a place where people live and they should have agency. They should be able to decide, do I want to take the chance and see my granddaughter? Uh, and if they do, they should be allowed to without having the nanny decide for them. Uh, and that is a very important. I mean, the way long-term care is now, honestly, and I've covered this many times before, but those of us who are older but not really there or anywhere near there are thinking, I will do anything to stay out of one of those places. I don't want to ever have to go there even though we need those places, face it. Okay, where are we at? Let's go to Tim in Toronto. Hi, Tim. Good afternoon. I'd like to make uh, some comments because I keep hearing, you know, people in support of the, of the protest in Ottawa. It's not a protest. It's an illegal occupation. And thank goodness someone has the guts to do something about it because the police force did nothing. The city of Ottawa did nothing, our premier did nothing, and the majority of truckers are, are vaccinated and the majority of truckers are working, and I just need that being made clear. Yeah, we know that. We uh, we actually have been reporting that. It, it got the name Truckers Convoy. That's how it started. And yeah. we don't really know. Well, there are a lot of big rigs there, but we don't really know who all is there. And, and um, one of the things, you know... Uh, was it last week? I lose track when I was talking to the mayor of Sarnia that he was really worried about. This is before Doug Ford invoked the Ontario emergency, is that he was saying that that the truckers protesting were really impeding truckers trying to do their jobs. And he was afraid that there would be violence between those two groups, but they were really making it hard for their fellow truckers. So it's all, I mean, I think it's a grab bag. People are fed up. People are angry. And, and you know, it's a stew. Out. And the, the, the caller who called in saying it's uh, against our Bill of Rights, our Charter of Rights does not protect against illegal activity. Uh, yeah, that's all true. You're getting into uh, a, a lot of legalities. They're just people have a very, uh, we do have 
a charter of rights and freedoms. And actually, the legal challenges to the Emergencies Act says that it violates the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Bill of Rights is is, is what they call it in the United States. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for your call. All right. Bye. Okay. Let's go to Sita in Mississauga. Hi, Sita. Hi. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good, good. Thanks. Thanks for taking my call. So here in Canada, we have fair election if the pre- if the prime minister should stay or go. So our prime minister is protecting democracy. Now is the time for him to pull out that emergency act because the police can do what they were supposed to do. And our prime minister is right. First, he gave those um, he gave them a chance, freedom of speech, but then it turned out to be a coup and occupied. Well, it wasn't a coup, but it, well, they, the they are definitely government. occupying Ottawa. So, uh, Sita, I yep. hear what you're saying. You like what the prime minister is doing. And, uh, you know, that's one of the few calls today in favor of Justin Trudeau. Ah, we have another Justin Trudeau prediction here. Dan in Elwood. Hello, Dan. Hi, Levy. So, I have a prediction. Go ahead. Justin will get a massive majority in the next federal election. <laughs> and what makes you say that? Dumbass convoy, the primary issue. Well, it, it's going to be a while before there's the next election. And you know what they say, a, a week is an eternity in politics. Well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to forget. I think there's a lot of other, a lot of the rest of the uh, sixty or seventy or eighty percent that aren't going to forget neither. Mm-hmm. So you say he's he's good after all this. It looks good on him. Well, it's not just so much a matter of it looking good on him. Him. It's a matter of how bad it's looking on the PCs for their shameful, disgusting behavior. Hmm. Okay. I say one thing. It seems to. Uh, it's really polarized. I hear people who are all in for, uh, you know, uh, for what's happening now and people who say this is misinformation, the truckers are great, and there isn't uh, much of a middle road. Yeah, that's unfortunate. And I have to tell you, as Canadians, that was has always been what we're about, like a middle ground, peace, order, and good government, you know, being in the center. So I hope this doesn't make us more polarized than we already are because, you know, we've seen that happening in the United States and it's really ugly. And, you know, we should be the people of the center. That's my view. Dan, thanks for your call. And it's time for another break. Let me give the numbers out before we go to break. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We'll be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer. A free-for-all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this Free For All Friday. And boy, everybody wants to talk about what is going on in Ottawa. Call it a trucker protest, call it a convoy, call it a siege, call it an occupation. You know, I think it's kind of 
all of those things. Anyway, it looks like it is being cleared out as we speak. We hope it will be cleared out without violence. Oh, another thing I forgot to mention is that apparently the bouncy castle is back on Wellington Street. So there are people there, and I can't blame them for this, not taking the current threat from police seriously after having been there for so long with no consequence the police have been telling them hey at this point if you don't move it's going to be bad for you and uh, some there are committed to staying and they don't believe that there will be a consequence and you can understand why they don't believe it but at this point i think there will be a consequence and it'll be difficult because if they take your truck or suspend your license or do whatever it is, your recourse will be to fight them in court when there's an emergencies act, which by the way, has not been passed yet. It's an order right now. Anyway, let us get to John in Whitby. John, you were saying you were in Ottawa. I was. And, uh, I did um, visit the the convoy or whatever you call it. Um, it, it, I, it. It is an illegal occupation, um, but I can tell you that I was not disturbed by anything that I saw there. And and during the time I was there, I did not meet any um, unsavory characters. I, I met really genuinely um, pe- good Canadian people. Um, but I thought to myself, well, we, we've had occupations in the past, and those occupations have been illegal. We, we've had homeless people occupying parks. Um, we've had indigenous people blocking roads and railways and pipelines. Um, none of those illegal occupations generated a new um, act uh, an emergency act by the government. Yeah, but there's there there is, I have to say, a difference between blocking a logging road and blocking the seat of our democracy and impeding uh, thousands of people who live there from going about their business and driving them batty with horns 24 hours a day. So there's there is a difference between those two things and in the case of the homeless people occupying the parks, they were eventually cleared by municipal authorities. Yeah, maybe after a couple of months of being yeah. there and a couple of months of making noise and having their children there. And uh, when when the pipelines and the roads were blocked, I mean, there was economic consequences to those as Absolutely well. there was. But again, there's there is a difference in scale and impact. Well, and and uh, in this case with the blocked borders it was really hundreds of millions of dollars and the livelihood of many people. I mean, if you're supporting uh, people you say are the truckers, why are you hurting auto workers? I well, let me ask How is you that this. a means? Let, let me ask you this. If instead of truckers uh, lined up on Wellington Street, what if they were indigenous people? And they had come to protest what they thought were uh, laws that should be changed. Um, and they were there for three weeks. Do, do you think the government would pass emergency laws to arrest them and take away their Indian status? Uh, 
I I don't uh, uh, take away their Indian status. That's certainly not. They're not. The government, uh, with this emergency law, it's not taking away people's Canadian citizenship. They are taking away their economic livelihood. Uh, well, if they, they if they to continue do. to break the law, yes. Yes. But and, they, and the, the, the protesters are taking away well. other people's livelihood. I mean, uh, you know, you support the protesters. I hear you. Uh, thanks for your call. Yeah. We have, you see, people on both sides of this. Uh, but again, I don't understand how, uh, if the point is you don't like mandates because they prevent you from living your life, how you make it impossible for <clears throat> thousands of other people literally to make a living and go about their lives. And I keep, I keep harping on those horns because I'm trying to imagine if, if I had to live with that, and and I, it would drive me completely around the bend. I have to say that. Okay, uh, let us go to Bill in Toronto. Hi, Bill. Hello. I'm not a big uh, uh, Justin Trudeau fan, but in this case, I don't think he had a lot of choice. You have to remember that he is he is operating from a, a minority government position, so he needs support to put anything that he wants to do into place. The other thing is, uh, you had the the lady from the Civil Liberties Association, yes. Uh, I'm losing. Parliament who claimed that this is overboard. You know, when, when they they referenced the, the War Measures Act way back in in, in the 30s and 40s. Um, you know, there was those were completely different times. They didn't didn't have the dark web. They didn't have the internet. They didn't didn't have the the go funding. Um, when when you have a substantial funding from offshore threatening our our, our democratically elected government, it, you know that that's a serious business. And and I you know the the, the conservative members of parliament just keep me, making themselves more and more irrelevant. I, you know I I don't know how anyone could vote for them now. I, I voted for them for years years, but I I'm, well, I well I mean anybody if, can vote for them it, now they're just completely irrelevant. That's that's what you're saying. I mean, if you've been listening to the show, we have a fair number of callers who support this protest, who think there's nothing wrong with it, yeah. and and who are so. That's that's what I'm saying. We have a bit of polarization yeah. here, uh, and uh, it's it's something we have not seen to that extent here. And let's hope it's uh, it's a blip. But yeah, Bill, I'm, I I hear you, you. But on the other hand, I'm you're talking about a minority too. government, and the government is having a hard time getting the support for the Emergencies Act. They've got Jagmeet Singh, who says that better be short-lived and with conditions. And you have two parties saying yeah, no way it should be short-lived. But I don't think there was much of an option at, at the present time. Um, well, I don't. I don't know exactly how things went so badly awry there. Clearly. They did not take the whole thing seriously enough, even though we could see the convoy coming. They yeah, didn't take it thing, seriously these, enough. These trucks, you know, I don't know what they charge per day, but I'm guessing a couple of thousand dollars a day. So for them to be there for three weeks and claim that somebody's taking their livelihood away when, when they're not putting their trucks out there for work, it's a little bit disingenuous. Well, they're getting money from somewhere, aren't they? Obviously. They can't afford to take those those rigs. They cost hundreds of thousands of dollars, and, and the cost per day to operate them is, is very high. Okay. So, Bill, thanks for your call. Okay, thanks. 
Okay, Thank let's you. go to uh, Rachel in Ontario. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Libby. I'm a first-time caller. Oh, wait a minute. I finally got through. Yes. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you for calling. Go ahead, I'm Rachel. Trucker. I drive uh, heavy equipment. I'm 30, so I'm not a Zoomer. Okay. But I was just going to comment about how I think that it's ridiculous that people don't think that we have freedoms in this country when... There's so many choices that they give us, and that is freedom. Freedom is choice. And, you know, we might not all like the choices that they do give us, but at least we do have options, whereas other people in other countries don't have those options to choose from. And they only do it. They only make these laws. They only make these regulations and policies to protect the well-being, the health, and the security of all the humans who live in this country. Uh, it's nice to hear something like that from a younger person. You sound like somebody who has a lot of experience, but thanks thanks for well, calling, Rachel. Well, it doesn't very much bother me. A lot of my friends are on the opposite side. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, they are. They're all there right now. Really? Yeah, shout out. Oh, shout out to your friends there. Are they going to leave before they face serious consequences? You know, they'll, they'll probably leave, but, you know, there's no talking sense into people who already have their mindset. That's just the issue. Okay, I hope they're not there with I'm children. I'm so glad I finally got to talk to you. I love your music. Okay, thank you. You love our music. Thank you. And uh, thanks for calling. Yeah, no problem. Okay, bye-bye, Rachel. Have a nice family day weekend. You t- Okay, let us go to Dolores in Little Britain. Hi, Dolores. I'm back. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about the Charter of Rights. This is uh, this convoy has been going on for three weeks today, I understand, and um, everybody is talking about how long it has taken Trudeau to um, make a move on this. But I think that we also have to remember that he couldn't do anything unless he was asked by Mr. Ford, the Premier of Ontario, for his help. And Mr. Ford took his own time doing that. I guess he had to wait and see how things were working out. But the, it's my understanding that the first request must come from the Premier of the province that's involved in this. Is that correct? Um, you know what? I am not sure. I wouldn't, I mean, emergency, The Ford invoked his own state of emergency and and the that's the province's jurisdiction this is a federal law so i don't know i don't i i can't say that i have the right answer to that but i wouldn't think so hmm. okay I've, that's all i wanted to know okay dolores uh thank we you. can look it up for you afterwards thank you okay let us go to john in beaverton hello john i just want to talk about the truckers Okay, go ahead. Yeah, um, I think if the government, Trudeau, had went out when they first arrived and talked to him, make a deal. I mean, he just ignored him. Then it snowballed, got out of hand. Well, a lot of people are saying that's part of the problem. On the other hand, on the other side, they said, how could he go talk to them? They they said, you know, do you remember at the beginning, they had this thing that I thought was frankly crazy, where they declared that his government was invalid and they had this kind of manifesto calling on the governor general to dissolve the government 
and and throw him out, which is which is like a coup, not yeah, how our system works. And th- that was kind of the excuse, like how can he talk to them if they want to overthrow him? Well, I don't think they were really wanting that. It's a mess he's made of everything, you know. He certainly didn't help the mess, but but yeah, there's uh you know there are two sides on everything. John, thanks for your call. Okay, good. Bye. Bye. Yep. So uh, this is ongoing, and uh, there are all kinds of ramifications to it. There was supposed to be a debate in the House today. And this Emergencies Act has to be passed. It's an order now. It's in effect, but it still has to go through Parliament. And it isn't because all the parties agreed that it was dangerous to hold Parliament because of the uh, upcoming or ongoing police action. And I think that, too, is something that we don't really want to see in our capital, you know, where they can't hold their debate. It was supposed to start at 7 a.m. this morning, and it didn't happen because of this action that was expected and that is ongoing and will probably last for a few days. Uh, It's a holiday weekend, though, too. It is family day, and I didn't get to hear from anybody who was looking forward to hugging a family member that maybe they haven't seen for a while. We'll take one more call before we wrap things up. Let's go to Jerry in Burlington. Hi, Jerry. Hello, yes. I actually am calling almost about the same thing as the previous caller. I believe that there was no... Uh, diplomacy, no negotiations. When these truckers arrived in Ottawa, if the prime minister met with them and said, hey guys, I know what you are, you know, thinking, I don't agree with you, but let's talk about it, whatever. But no, he hid for three days and then he comes out and I'm thinking, okay, there will be some kind of, you know, uh, conversation. No, he accused them and some of us of being misogynist, uh, racist, racist, white supremacist. They were like, as a, as a prime minister of Canada, he's supposed to be the leader. He is supposed to be diplomatic, negotiate, and not do what he did. And I believe that, you know, if the truckers were approached, and I, I cannot guarantee it, of course, but I think it would change. Uh, well, who the heck knows? Because it didn't unfold that way. And I have to say, Jerry, a lot of people think that, that if Trudeau had done something conciliatory or talked to them, it would have turned out differently. I kind of doubt that because when you see the kind of cash that was handed out and the kind of really organized formations of those trucks, uh, there have been profiles of some of the leaders and but their ex-police and military people. Uh, you don't know that, Libby. You cannot know what he... And the other thing is, um, you know... Jerry, Jerry a, I'm looking at my clock. I'm sorry. Different way of handling the protests on pipelines and the people in Ottawa. There- okay. Jerry, I am sorry, but we are out of time. And that is all the time we have for Fight Back for today. 
and for the week. This is still going to be an issue on Monday. I'll be back here and you can call back and we can keep talking about it on Monday. That's it for today. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.